The son of the president of the United States has just pleaded not guilty. Not guilty is what he has pleaded to. Wow. Uh, the judge here says that she will not accept or reject the plea agreement. Hunter Biden is a private citizen, and this was a personal matter for him. They were only going to agree to plead guilty uh, to those tax charges if it came with this, uh, this immunity so they could say everything else is put aside. Due to the handling of this investigation, after House Republicans heard public testimony from a pair of IRS whistleblowers alleging political interference in this investigation, that testimony came after the original plea deal was announced, which today dramatically fell apart. To have it fall apart in this fashion is, is really surprising uh, and doesn't reflect well in either of the two parties. So the judge said that she could not accept the plea agreement as it was structured. Remember, there was a plea agreement where Hunter Biden would plead guilty to two tax misdemeanors and then a diversion on a felony gun charge. Well, the judge taking issue with both of them, saying that on the plea agreement related to the tax charges, she was saying that she this agreement as structured just had her as what she said a rubber stamp. It did not allow her to weigh in on whether she thought that the plea was acceptable. She had questions about that and wants both sides to brief her on that. Questions of controversy continues today about Hunter Biden, your son's... Uh, there is no controversy about my son. Dealing. It's Just all a lie. It's a flat lie because the president has nothing else to run on. It is July 27th, 2023. Welcome to The Daily Rob. You can find Rob all across the internet. Check the All My Links. That's all of his socials. And without further ado, the man, the myth, the legend... And Coulter's hero, the one and only Rob Smith. You forgot to say the learned hand of the modern age. And I'm going to talk about the law here, Stu. So Hunter Biden goes up with to have his plea approved, affirmed by the court. And the way this works in a, a criminal case, the judge goes through a series of questions Um she, you know, she asked, do you, do you understand this? Were you advised by counsel? Um, you know, questions like that. Um, but she also had some questions for, for counsel. And this is the way it, <laughs> I'm going to show you more corruption by the Biden administration and the offices of government that we should trust. But <laughs> there are lots of reasons why we shouldn't. And here's a perfect duplicious example. So this judge, Mary Ellen Norica, she was skeptical of the plea deal. They filed it under some arcane, you know, you have to file these documents that have to be approved, has to be a court order. But she questioned why it had been filed under a provision that gave her no legal authority to reject it. Judges always have legal authority. So that's sleazy to begin with. Um, then she asked this guy, Leo Wise, the prosecutor, if there was any precedent for the kind of deal that Hunter Biden got, he replied, no, your honor. Then Norika uh, questioned the discrepancy between Hunter Biden's lawyers repeatedly casting the deal as, quote, the final chapter of the five-year inquiry. Now, as you can see, as you will see as I go on, they, they fucking talk too much. Just like when Joe Biden said, oh, I got the prosecutor fired and bragged. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> got fired. They, so they tipped their hand to the judge that something was going on here. Why would they say that? Why would they say that in, uh, in open court? 
Well, as it turns out, um, you know, there were ongoing investigations going on. You know, Noriega asked the question, and here's where it fell apart. She asked if the deal would mean that Biden would be immune from prosecution for other potential crimes in perpetuity. Nobody gets that deal, Stu. Nobody. You can't. <laughs> That's a blank check to do whatever the fuck you want. And of course, the prosecution to remain to retain any amount of credibility had to say, oh, of course not. But that's exactly what they did. Remember, the prosecution is on Hunter Biden's side. So then Biden's lawyer, this guy, Chris Clark, immediately said, well, the agreement is null and void because that's what he understood the agreement to be. So here's what a defense attorney who knows about this type of stuff not that I'm the greatest defense attorney, I really don't know that much, but I know enough to say that a deal that's not enforceable by a court had been put on the table. In other words, they had an under-the-table agreement. So the prosecution did not want to tip the judge off by the under-the-table the agreement they had with Hunter. In other words, they didn't disclose that they actually have an agreement that he could not be prosecuted. He would have immunity into perpetuity. It's incredible. So the judge picked up on it and she's pissed off as she should be. They both have 30 days to kind of um, patch this thing together. And of course they're going to work together on some sort of a deal. But, uh, but Hunter's under investigation for a bunch of other stuff. Now, the judge has to be pissed off again because we never covered this, but this is just incredible. Is one of Hunter's lawyers the day before yesterday called the courthouse pretending to work for a Republican lawyer named Ted Catalia, who had filed a whistleblower amicus brief. An amicus brief is where people who are, who are not direct parties in a suit, but have some sort of vested interest, can, can present their narrative to the court as to what they think the judge should rule and why. It happens all the time. Whenever there's a big Supreme Court case, there are lots of amicus briefs filed with the court. Well, this lady lied, and they yanked this incredibly explosive whistleblower amicus brief. Well, it was un uncovered, but it was clear and it admitted that the Biden attorney did that. How fucking sleazy is that? Who even thinks to do something like that? These people are the scum of the scum. They are the fucking mafia. I have said this a hundred times. Well, now that they don't have a plea deal, Hunter had to play. He pleaded not guilty. Well, the judge seemed to treat him amazingly, just like anybody else who had pleaded not guilty to these crimes. And she has required Hunter to not possess a firearm, not use or possess any controlled substances, including marijuana, unless prescribed. Submit to full federal supervision. Uh, no use of alcohol at all, seek active employment, submit to testing for pro prohibited substances, 
and participate in substance abuse therapy. There's no way this guy is going to do that. But since this is the federal court system and it's controlled by the DOJ, whoever his parole officer is, will probably be assigned to look the other way. And now the penalties for violating this is, is an immediate issuance of an arrest warrant, revocation of his release, the forfeiture of his bond. I'm not sure what kind of bond he, he, he had or if he had one at all. And of course, prosecution for contempt of court. So that's what's going on there, Stu. And here's a little prediction I have. If it takes more than a month, they have a month to file their pleadings. Most lawyers wait until the last day to file something for tactical reasons. But in a month, a lot can happen. And a lot can happen to taint or prejudice this judge even more against Hunter Biden. Because news is coming out every day of the criminality. The Federal Reserve had another rate hike today. Federal Reserve has just announced an interest rate hike by a quarter point, which brings it to the highest level in 22 years. Does the White House have comment on that? As you know, we see the Federal Reserve as being independent. We give them the space uh, to make sure that they are able to make monetary decision. It is up to them uh, to make that decision. I'm just not gonna comment about, uh, about, their, about the decision today. All right, we spoke about Joe Biden, dog commander, yesterday. Well, more news is out today. He's bitten Secret Service agents 10 times in four months. Now, if you recall, Biden had another dog named Major, and it too bit a lot of people around the White House. Again, I'll ask, what the fuck is wrong with these people? <laughs> I mean... Why do you have dogs that are hostile? And the likelihood of having two dogs that bite people, and they seemingly do not care. Didn't hear yesterday was any statement of contrition or an apology or, you know, they're mortified or regret that Commander has been behaving like this. So, so um, look, would you like to update the uh, statement? Look, the statement came from my colleague uh, that I was reiterating. Um, over at the First Lady's office. Uh, I would certainly uh, refer you to the uh, statement again. Look, we are, the President and the First Lady continues to be incredibly grateful uh, to the Secret Service and the executive resident staff. That continues to be the case. We are working through this to make the situation even better. Uh, I don't have anything else uh, to add. Uh, um, as, as I mentioned yesterday at the top, um, you know, being here on this complex, this White House complex is incredibly unique. Uh, and can be stressful situations uh, for family pets, uh, and uh, we are working. Uh, we're certainly working through uh, working through this particular situation uh, with the Secret Service uh, to make this uh, to make this better. This is the narcissism of the political class. You got your dogs biting folks, sending a Secret Service agent to the hospital, and you don't really give a shit. And of course, you yell at the Secret Service when they bring it up. Kareem Jean Pierre. We featured this, you know, yesterday, you know, she laughed it off. And then she said the White House is a stressful place for a pet. It seems that Commander Biden has a bit of a biting problem. Can you give us the latest and also any plans for him to perhaps make a move, go stay with some family friends as, as Major Biden, the previous dog did? So as... as you all know, the White House complex can be unique and very stressful. But how many other presidential pets have we had that have been completely well, normal and fine, like Barney the dog? I was about to bring that up. And uh, 
why is the White House stressful for a dog? I mean, is the dog involved in foreign foreign policy? Does he have to meet secretaries of state? Or maybe he has to meet um, the prime minister of France's dog and be prepared. Uh, does the dog have to give a press briefing? I mean, I, I don't understand why it's so stressful for a dog. And he has access to probably the greatest dog trainers in the world. Right. <laughs> and 17 acres to romp around on. Um, God, it's just everything they do, like chewing on that little girl the other day, is so fucking weird. All right. Um, this is good news, um, but it's still scary, and it should be a forewarning to all of us. Nigel Farage, the British um, politician who spearheaded Brexit, um, he was debanked by Nat West, which I guess is National West, which is a bank in Britain. And apparently, when he was debanked because he was a Thatcherite, according to news reports. Well, he's gone apeshit, as he should. And, if, and the executive, chief executive officer, this lady, Dame Allison Rose, has now resigned. She's the one who made the decision to debank him. Farage decreed Rose's claims that she wasn't aware of what was going on at her bank and didn't agree with what was said about Mr. Farage in the bank's internal document, saying it was in fact her that pushed to introduce the new culture at the bank, transforming NatWest from a finance house to a moral arbiter, virtually a political organization. Sounds a lot like Silicon Bank uh, in San Francisco. What, and here's the dangerous thing about this is Banks are subject to much, much, much federal regulation. So if you're in control of the government, you do a nod and a wink to the bank. Go ahead and debank Stu Smith because he's one of those Rob is right guys. Um, and the banks do what they're told because it's in their best interest to do what they're told. Um, it's scary. And, you know, the feds do a lot of things uh, that are scary. But when you can control someone's finances uh, and, and just pretty much keep you away from your finances, freeze your accounts for no reason other than you like Ronald Reagan or maybe you're a Ron DeSantis fan, it's scary as shit. And there ought to be some sort of legislation to protect people like this. This happened, I think, more than 10 days ago and Farage has gone to 10 different banks in Britain and no one will open up an account for him. Chase Bank, today I read that they um, debanked a company called Mercola Market. It's founded by Dr. Mercola and his big crime is he didn't agree and fall in line in goose step with the government's COVID narrative. So that's scary as well. And to build on this, you know, the Virgin Islands case against J.P. Morgan Bank is still ongoing. And so due to their lawsuit, some more documents came out from J.P. Morgan and from the executive, Jess Staley. And they were just casually joking about 
Jeffrey Epstein's taste for underage girls, you know, in one email, they say, oh, and what I meant to tell you about last night was there were a few people laughing about Jeffrey. One of the guys ran a unit of redacted, apparently redacted, has eight assistants. One is more beautiful than the other, even though he's gay. Anyway, lots of comparisons to J.E. being Jeffrey Epstein. The response was the brokers are gasping. It's a nice raining Sunday. Good sailing yesterday. Last night went to Huggy Bear concert. The age differences between husband and wives would have fit in well with Jeffrey. What a joke. Are you working this week? And then there was another email where they said the girls at Jeffrey's Epstein's house were like nymphettes. So they all knew this. And I just want to remind people that JP Morgan Bank has debanked lots of conservative people like Laura Loomer. They debanked Kanye West when Kanye West was arguably having a complete mental breakdown. And like you said, there needs to be protections for people because, you know, what are you supposed to do? Keep all your money under your mattress? And what happens if, you're, if your home sets on fire? So it's just, it's just sad and scary that this is the world that we live in. So I, don't, I would not want the Communist Party USA to debank to be debanked for merely being the Communist Party of the USA. Now, if they're involved in money laundering or something like that, well, of course. Um, now, what these banks do is they lie, and this is what Nat West did with with Nigel Farage. They said they questioned his transactions. It's bullshit. So, anyway, okay. So, in Congress yesterday, um, they had a a committee hearing on UFOs. If you believe we have crashed craft, uh, stated earlier, do we have the bodies of the pilots who piloted this craft? As I've stated publicly already in my News Nation interview, uh, biologics came with some of these recoveries. Yeah. Um, were they, I guess, human or non-human biologics? Non-human, and that was the assessment of people uh, with direct knowledge on the program I talked to that are currently still on the program. And was this documentary evidence, this video, photos, eyewitness? Like, how would that be determined? The specific documentation I would have to talk to you in a skiff about. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, okay. So, and, and you may or may not be able to answer my last question, and maybe we get into a skiff at the next hearing that we have, but who in the government either, what agency, sub-agency, what contractors, who should be called into the next hearing about UAPs, either in a public setting or even in a private setting? And, and you probably can't name names, but what agencies or organizations, contractors, et cetera, do we need to call in to get these questions answered, whether it's about funding, what programs are happening, and what's out there? I can give you a specific cooperative and hostile witness list of specific individuals uh, that were in those. And, and how soon can we get that list? I'm happy to provide that to you after the hearing. Super. Thank you. So I don't know what to think about this, Stu, but I think it's interesting. And if indeed there's something to this, this will be the news story of July 26, 2023, that will live for the next 100 years. So last night, Robert Kennedy was on Sean Hannity. And um, Sean Hannity can be kind of a blowhard and kind of buys into some narratives groupthink narratives without really independent thinking. He did that with COVID, and he's done that with the, uh, the Russian-Ukraine war. Well, RFK 
is, is skeptical. And he he really schooled Hannity last night. On two occasions, the Russians tried to sign a peace agreement with Zelensky. Do you trust Putin? Do I trust Putin? No, but that's not. I don't, listen, I, I, I've litigated over 500 lawsuits. All of them end up with, or many of them end up with settlements or one or the other. And he never trusts the guy on the other side. You use language art, and you use the design of agreement. So Ukraine, to, to appease Putin, uh, Putin, rather, who I think is evil, they've already given up Crimea. It was annexed. So what, they, now they have to give up the Donbass area? Well, I, you know, they, Ukraine, because of our pushing the Ukraine into the war on two occasions, they, they, in we, we pushed them into it, or did Putin? Well, let me made... tell you. Let me, let me answer your question. Yeah. In 2019, France, Germany, and Russia all agreed to the Minsk Accords. That year, Zelensky ran for president. He was a comedian. He had no political experience. Why did he win? Because he, he won, ran on one issue, signing the Minsk Accords. As soon as he got in there, Victoria Newland and the White House told him he couldn't do it. Then Putin sends 40,000 troops in. That's not enough to conquer the country. Clearly, he wanted us to come to the negotiation. He wanted somebody to come to the negotiating table. Zelensky came to the negotiating table, signed a new agreement that was the Minsk Accords II in 2022, and that would have allowed Donbass to stay, and Lugansk, to stay to remain as part of, of Ukraine. We said Putin signed it, Zelensky initialed it, and Putin, in good faith, began withdrawing troops from the Ukraine. What happened? We sent Boris Johnson over there to torpedo it because we don't want peace with We want the war with Russia. What a, what, what a, why are you blaming America's role in this? And, and... Again, it's an example of how the swamp intervenes, hides the ball, and has their own agenda. And it's an agenda that's dangerous. We, we are getting very, very close to, we are involved in a huge war. You know, it's probably a war, as RFK shows, that didn't need to happen. All right, Stu, that's all I got for you. Right on. Well, thank you for giving us the news today. That's probably.